This is Raja Bihari Das, and you're listening to an introductory overview series on the Bhagavad Gita. You are welcome to join our class every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Bhakti Lounge at the Hare Krishna Temple in Potomac, Maryland. Our general plan is to cover a chapter a week of the Bhagavad Gita. Thank you for listening. So let's begin. Um, a little recap of the last chapter. Anyone remember what we covered last chapter? What was it about? A lot of names. A lot of names. That's right. <laughs> and they haven't been changed to protect the innocent. Yes, that's right. <laughs> a lot of names. What else? We just uh, like, uh, uh, asking Sanjay how to battle, for, like how, who's there and how it's unfolding. Right, so that's how it begins, right? Yeah. Yep. And he's on, got his little television thing going, uh, yeah. Sanjaya. Yeah, okay, good. Good. Okay, so you just described the first um, 27 verses. <laughs> oh, in, in summary, what happened the last half of the chapter? Yeah, sounding of the conch shells. Uh, that, happened, that was still before 27. Before? Yeah, what, did our, what, was, what was Arjuna? What was the whole uh, happening in the last, from 28 till 46? Arjuna trying to get out of fighting. Very good. Nice way to put it. Arjuna (laughs) trying to get out of doing his duty, we could say. It might be, because, yes, exactly. And he gave four reasons uh, so far. He's going to give five altogether. We're going to hear one more in this chapter. But he gave four reasons. Um, Why uh, One was, uh, I'm trying to do this by memory now, um, uh, that how could he enjoy? Because all the people he's going to have a good time with are all going to be gone. And then he was concerned about sinful reactions. He was concerned for society that if that the you know, it's just like if there were no, I think we said last time, there are no policemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would happen, right? So the, these people were like the policemen of the planet, practically speaking. And so if they, if they're no longer, um, then what's going to happen to society? There's going to be a degree, you know, men are going to take advantage of women. There'll be unwanted progeny. Now, there's one other fourth reason which I'm struggling with enjoyment. Maybe it's his family. I'd have to. Well, that was society. Yeah, I think that would be society. Yeah. We had that enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, I will. Well, we, I could find out. It'll only take a second or five. Uh, let's see. Destruction of the family. Oh, compassion. Compassion. Mm-hmm. Arjuna has deep compassion for those he's about to kill. He doesn't want to kill his loved ones. Okay. So we'll hear one more. So now Sanjaya speaks. So, and then the very last verse, Arjuna said, he put down his bow, and he said, Krishna, I will not fight. Or Govinda, I will not fight. And it's a big deal for a Kshatriya to put down his bow. Mm. It would be like President Trump putting down his Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) Or something like that. (laughs) You know, something along those lines. (laughs) You know, it's it's a big deal for a warrior to, because he's practically one with his his bow and arrow. I just like people love, some people really love guns, you know. Um, um, 
for fighter pilots, you know, they name their their airplanes. They give their airplanes like names, you know, right? Things like that. So, because um, they from childhood they've been practicing. Um, there's a story about Arjuna. Um, one time he was eating dinner. It was it was over the nightfall, and the uh, the candle went out, and he real and he's kept on eating, and he realized then that well, if I can still eat when it's dark, I can also still practice archery when it's dark, and he would go out even at night. So, so it's a big deal for him to say, "As you, I'm out of here," right? It's a big deal for him. So, Sanjaya said, "This is the verse number one: Seeing Arjuna full of compassion, his mind depressed, his eyes full of tears, Madhusudana Krishna—it's a name for Krishna—spoke the following words." And Prabhupada talks about interesting. First, he says, "Material compassion, lamentation." And tears are all signs of ignorance of the real self. Compassion for the eternal soul is self-realization. So we're going to hear a lot about that in this chapter. Um, and here Prabhupada is applying it to compassion. Right? That, uh, um, it's, a, it's a tricky thing. Because, you know, you don't, if somebody breaks their legs, tough luck. <laughs> you know, I'm not supposed to have compassion for you. Right? Um, but... The idea is, it's more like a doctor has good bedside manners. Mm. Should. Mm. I've, I've had a, I had a doctor, we, my wife had a doctor in India. He was really great at setting bones. She broke her ankle there also and her wrist. Um, but he had no bedside manner at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, so it's good to have good bedside manners. But if you have really good bedside manners, but you don't give the medicine... That's not being a very good doctor, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to give the spiritual medicine. That doesn't mean we don't have, you know, we have no feelings for when people are suffering or in, in a difficult situation. But we, but in addition to saying I feel sorry for you, we also give them some spiritual. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, guidance. Light. Thank you. Guidance, light. I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. I have my thesaurus here. <laughs> I'm going to try. Yeah. And a little later, no one knows where compassion should be applied. Compassion for the dress of a drowning man is senseless. A man fallen in the ocean of nescience, nescience means darkness, cannot be saved simply by rescuing his outer dress, the gross material body. One who does not know this and laments for the outward dress is called a sudra, or one who laments unnecessarily, Arjuna was a Chatriya. So first we'll take the first half of that. Um, the, the, uh, I remember in the 1970s we used to do sometimes um, street drama, and especially in New York where there's just people walking everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So one devotee would just uh, kind of make believe he's diving onto the, the sidewalk. He says, help me, help me, I'm, I'm drowning, I'm drowning, I'm drowning, right? And a, a crowd will come around, <laughs> what's going on, you know, right? And then a devotee was dressed like, you know, he's dressed just, you know, shirt, and, but he has a coat on. And the other, then the devotee comes along dressed like this and says, I'll save you. And makes believe he's driving in, uh, diving in. Or it was not a devotee, actually. It's another, also Western. But then he takes the, he grabs his coat and said, I saved him, I saved him. <laughs> and meanwhile, the person drowns, dies on the sidewalk. And then another devotee dressed like this, you know, gives a little speech about... Uh, difference between the body and the soul. Mm. 
like that. Yeah, it's really pretty cool. Um, this chapter instructs us in self-realization by an analytical study of the material body and the spirit soul as explained by the supreme authority, Lord Sri Krishna. And how do you get this realization? It's possible when one works without attachment to fruit of results. Um, this word, fruit of action and fruit of results, it's good to get this clear in the beginning of our study because it's a word that Prabhupada uses a lot. And at least for me, it wasn't initially apparent at all. I don't know, fruit of you know, bananas, you know, I mean, you know, fruit, <laughs> but you know, the, 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 the point is, uh, it's, a, it's his translation of basic karma mm -hmm. and doing activities for your own getting, wanting to get the fruits mm -hmm. for yourself instead of offering the fruits to God. Okay, so that's the idea of fruit of results or fruit of activities. So he says you can realize, Krishna, when you're not attached to the fruit of results and you're situated in a fixed conception of the real self, who we really are. And I was thinking about that today. It's not easy to remember regularly that we're, as we're going to hear in this chapter, that we're the soul, we're not the body. So much of what we do is connected with the body. Mm -hmm. yeah. Any questions, comments? When you, um, I mean, you just explained it to us, but do you have like a synonym that you use instead of fruitive when you're talking to people? Because I forgot, like, I forgot that people don't know that word. Because we, yeah, it's like, yeah, and when around. I've spoken like with my family and stuff, it's such a good description of. You know, um, no, I, well, I, I usually, I sometimes use it, but I explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I just say karma and then explain what karma is. Yeah. Or or I just say something like uh, looking out for number one. A lot of people know what that means. Mm -hmm. Or selfishness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, even I think I didn't fully understand it because I I thought that it was more just about the results that you're concerned about results, but the the well, there's fruit the of actions and fruit of results. More like, yeah. It's more about like that you're concerned about the results benefiting yourself. Right. Yeah. Well, that's there's Even two things, right? Yes, yes. Um, the result, like, like for example, let's say you have a job and you get a paycheck, right? And that's a, and you worked for that, so that's the fruit of your work, mm -hmm. right? So now, what will, what are we going to do with that result? Mm -hmm. And the idea is to, of course, we have to take care of ourselves and our family and pay the electric bill and all that. But we try to, but we also offer some of that fruit mm -hmm. to God, mm -hmm. to Krishna knowing that it's ultimately it's coming from him. All right? Yeah. So then, this next verse is like Krishna slapping Arjuna a little bit in the face. <laughs> My dear Arjuna, how have these impurities come upon you? They are not at all befitting a man who knows the value of life. They lead not to higher planets, but to infamy. So let's... Since the higher planet thing comes up, and I'm not sure we're all familiar with it, let's discuss it briefly now. So, um, there's f people who are just into fruit of results for themselves. Okay? And then there's things in the Vedas that are also fruit of, but you follow the Vedas and you get a good result. You may even go to heaven. So there's a difference between in, in 
in the lingo that we're going to be studying, there's a difference between heaven and the spiritual world. Heaven's part of the material world. And there's no uh, idea of eternal hell in, in the Bhagavad Gita. That we, we, like on a roller coaster ride, we sometimes go to a lower species of life, to a lower planet, or to a heavenly planet. But it's all like a bit of a yo-yo uh, within still this world. There she is. Yay! <laughs> Um, it, it, okay, good question. Um, it's a place where there's more suffering. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's in a nutshell. Um, a place where there's more, there's more suffering. And um, it's interesting because we're somewhere in the middle. The Earth is kind of considered somewhere in the middle, right? And so in the lower planets, it's considered, um, it's a little hard to be God conscious because you're suffering so much. And in the heavenly planets, it's hard to be God-conscious because you're having a good time so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're kind of in like a good place uh, where we have a mixture of... Uh, we have, a, I, you know, at least I know I have sufficient suffering. I'm not looking for any more. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. <laughs> but I'm getting, you know, I'm getting my fair share. So are they studying Bhagavad Gita in the lower planets? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Krishna... I mean, there's always an opportunity to turn to God in any, in any, although the human form is really, you know, you don't see, um, like we have raccoons here, right? We have raccoons? Have you seen any? Yeah, I think I've seen one. One, only seen one, yeah. Yeah, you guys, yeah. You don't see the squirrels like coming to the uh, Gita class, right? Right. If you try to, I mean, you know, we hear about this in the Gita, um, that animals basically, they basically eat, they sleep, they mate, and they defend themselves. And if you think about it, just like examine a squirrel or, or even our cows or anything, that's what they do. And if we, so if we are only focused on those four things, day and night, eating, sleeping, mating, defending, if that's our consciousness, then we are what the, the Vedas call dwi pada Pashu. Dwi means two. Pada, what does pada mean? Feet. Feet, right. So you're a two-legged animal. You're, you're doing exactly what the animals are doing, just eating, sleeping, mating, and fending, but you have two legs. Most of them have four. Interesting. Huh? But if, I, you know, I just, I was examining, I forget which animal it was that I was thinking of the other day. And I was just thinking, gosh, that's really what they do. <laughs> go to Thanksgiving and you realize that's really what other people do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the only holiday when they eat the mascot. Yeah. It was uh, interesting because I went to, um, actually I was supposed to go to three, but I couldn't make it to three. So I went to, well, okay, we were supposed to go to four Thanksgiving celebrations, but we only made it to three. Um, and two of them were with devotees and one was with my family. And, then, you know, you can see uh, there's, a, there's a difference there. Not, not my family are nice people, but um, they're not, uh, certainly not vegetarians. Although they, they told us, don't come until the main course is over, just come for dessert. <laughs> and we brought our own dessert. <laughs> so. Okay, well, we better continue or else we're not going to get past like verse 10. Um, so Krishna's saying that, uh, I'm looking at the towards the end of the purport, it's a long purport, the last paragraph. 
Can I ask you a question on text too? Sure. Real quick. Um, so someone once said to me, um, even though they say uh, Krishna is the original, right? But he's not the first. And so they were saying, how how can you say he's the original if he wasn't the first incarnation? How would I answer that? Well, it's interesting. I wonder what that person's background is and how not. You know, they they're obviously not. Um, there's obviously some familiarity. Yeah, he's from. Um, what's the oldest city in India? Banaras. Um, no, that's not it. Kurukshetra, Delhi. I'm trying to remember what it is. Don't it's worry like about a it. small little city. He's from India. Yeah, 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 he's from India. Well, okay. Um, he he's thinking in a in uh, a limited time. Box, yeah. Thank you. See, these source. Uh, yeah, because okay, it, it, in this creation, you know, Krishna comes at a certain. He came five thousand years ago. Lord Ram came millions of years ago, and different <coughs> incarnations came at different times. But first of all, history and it's very. It's actually a great question. Um, if you recall, I think we said we're we're kind of putting on different glasses to understand the world through the Bhagavad Gita, and one of the glasses is the difference in in time because time is not completely linear in the vedic concept it's cyclical mm -hmm. just like you know we have we have cyclical right now it's fall now and soon it'll be winter before long the cherry blossoms will be out right so we have that we have a con concept of time being cyclical uh in this world but we often think very linear in a very linear way okay so that's one thing but even if he was thinking of this creation, this creation, um, in the eighth chapter, we're going to hear how Lord Brahma's um, lifetime, 311 trillion years, is called a lightning flash in eternity. So Krishna is the original candle, and so many other, here we go, and so many other candles are lit from the original one. And those, this other candle may have appeared before this candle in this specific universe in this specific time. But that's like, that's not looking back enough to the original original. Okay, so in the spiritual world, Krishna is the source. Uh, there's a verse, Ekala Ishwar Krishna are Sabrita, that, that even... Uh, even Balaram is everyone. Ever, all the other incarnations originated originally from the original candle. Mm -hmm. And I, if you need, if you need be, I can give you. There's a um, verse in the Brahma Samhita begins departure, depart, not departure, but departure. Eva that calls him the original candle. Cool. Okay. Yep. In the presence of the supreme personality of Godhead, this is the last paragraph. Arjuna's lamentation for his kinsmen is certainly unbecoming, and therefore Krishna expressed his surprise with the word kutaha, which means where from, like, hey, what gives? <laughs> Such impurities were never expected from a person belonging to the civilized class of men known as Aryans. Now, I wanted to bring this up because some of us may hear the word Aryan and cringe. Anyone know why? Yeah. Nazis. Yeah, Nazis, yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, Mr. Hitler um, derived some things from, mm -hmm. from the Vedas. 
um, but the word Aryan goes way back before 1933. Um, it was it was considering a it was called like a cultured person who's following the Varnashram. Even the swastika, of course, it's different than um, the the actual swastika, mm -hmm. the Vedic one. But that's a whole other thing. You know? Sometimes people from India, because a swastika is a very auspicious symbol. So sometimes they like put it on their car. You know, or, or sometimes we, we use it like in a, in, a, in a ceremony and someone comes to the temple for the first time and they see it. <laughs> you know, and he was a vegetarian also, right? Right? He was a um, you know, to do, he obviously, it's a good example of taking a philosophy and uh, screwing it up. That's why I specifically purposed because I wanted to, because if you, any of you guys are reading that and you said, well, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so why is this impurity, the, la the second to last sentence, such deviation from duty does not help one in the progress of spiritual life, nor does it even give one the opportunity to become famous in this world. So we'll spend time remembering that Arjuna wasn't, this is not a book about fighting, it's a book about part of it, it's a partially, not the whole thing. The essence of the Bhagavad Gita is devotion, but one of the sub-themes is doing our duty. So we can talk later about what is our, each of our duties. Right? You guys have a duty, going to school. It's pretty clear what you guys got to do. Yeah. And sometimes listen to your mother and go to Bhagavad Gita class. <laughs> Man. Much rather be on computer. So here, Krishna's not yet become his guru. He's going to do that in a few verses. But he does say, hey, what gives? So verse 3, Osana Prita, that's another name for um, Arjuna. Do not yield to this degrading impotence. It does not become you. Give up such petty weakness of heart and arise, O chastiser of the enemy. So the word here, it's a very important word, is Hridaya Durbalyam. You see it in the third line there? Hridaya mm -hmm. Durbalyam. Um, it means weakness of heart. And have you ever had that in your life? Where you know, uh, many, many, maybe many, many times in your life, you know you're supposed to do something. You know what's right. You know you're supposed to get out of bed. You're not supposed to hit the snooze or whatever. That's, that's a small one. Right? <laughs> but you do it anyway. And, and because you just don't have that oomph. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, to me, that's what Hridaya Durbalyam is. just like weakness of heart. You, you know it's right, but it's like, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to vegetate. I'm going to have that third piece of cheesecake, even though I know I'm not supposed to do that, right? Or, you know, I'm going to go back to sleep and not go to the temple today, even though I know I should be going there, right? Yeah. Or I should be working on that report. But YouTube is much more fun to watch. <laughs> or whatever, right? You know? so, I, I, that's, so here, of course, is a big weakness of heart, you know, I mean, according to Krishna. Um, but that's that. Hridai means heart. Do we get the answer somewhere of how to overcome that? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm relating to yeah, that. Come, stay tuned for next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
again to talk about our duties. So if uh, this is the second or third sentence, uh, I, as you see, I, re, I, 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 what I do in my computer is I highlight some things I want to read to you guys. Mm -hmm. So I'll be referring to the purports and then talking about it. And remember, anytime, any question, just or comment doesn't have to be a question. If the son of a chatriya declines to fight, he is a chatriya name only. And if the son of a brahmana acts impiously. He is a Brahmana in name only. This is a very, very important concept. Because people will come up to you sometimes, oh, you read the Bhagavad Gita? So you believe in the caste system. Right? Well, so we're going to read in the fourth chapter. Krishna has, Krishna says clearly, he says, um, there is this Varnashram system, that is the Brahmins, the intelligent class, the administrative and, and warrior class, the business people and, and agriculturalists, and the, the, the assistants, uh, you know. Um, and if you think about it, and there may be, there's, there's mixtures and other things, but that's just, if you think about it, every society has that, right? Even when Stalin tried to kill all the intellectuals, or, or uh, Chairman Mao also, they didn't get them all. <laughs> You know, there, there's a natural uh, uh, thing there, but it's based on guna and karma, not on janma. The, the way it's gotten so screwed up in India is that it's based on your birth. And Krishna says, no, it's based on just your natural likings, your natural inclination. What you do, your karma means what you do, and your guna means your, your qualities. And one isn't better than the other. Because as we're going to be hearing in a few verses, we're all spiritual souls. Not that the soul is an intellectual, the soul is a, is a worker. It's just this body that we've gotten in this life um, has some certain inclinations. Just like your dad, like this Paka Brahmana, right? He does all the swaha and does all the... You know things like that. So that's just, and and he was born in that. Uh, now, it's true. If you're born the son or daughter of a high court of a you know a judge, there's probably a higher percentage of those people that go on to be judges. Mm. But it's not a given. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they become you know uh, homeless. <laughs> you know it's possible. Like the doctors right. and the lawyer families. Mm. Yeah. For most of them, are all doctors or lawyers or something. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah, I, my, I was just thinking my father is a minister and his father was a minister. Mm, there you go. So it's also like that. Yeah. My brother is a lawyer. My mother worked at a law firm. And I'm like the antithesis. I, I'm a recovering lawyer because I am in conflict resolution instead of lawyer. <laughs> okay, but it's important that, um, that we understand that really clearly that we're not, that Christian does not support what is now called the um, caste system. But it's just, in, in sociology, it's called the stratification of society. That you just acknowledge that there's different stratas, and that what's really important is one's not better than the other, on a spiritual level. So, the Gita teaches us, on this level, that we're going to be hearing at in this chapter, if we ever get to it, uh, all equal. On this level, we have different bodies. Women are different than men. Uh, you know, I can't get pregnant unless I checked, right? As an example, right? Um, um, you know, people from Alabama are different than people from Boston, 
as a general rule. I mean, and that's true from like ancient civilization. It's always that stratum has always existed. But that does that go back to what you mentioned earlier in terms of like we all like we have a duty to fulfill. Yes. So as we are, you know, like you just gave an example, like you can be born into that family but become homeless, and it could be just and vice versa. Yeah, and it could be part of like that. Um, fulfillment of that specific role? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yes. Just like you have a role right in the medical field. Right? So that's your that's your duty. You know, you're we and we uh, we'll talk about this I think it comes up next week if we get around to it. <laughs> um, there's a word there's a word called swadharma. So dharma means duty. Well it means a number of things but usually means like duty. Okay. Well that's why we might use it. And swa means your duty which is different than her duty, right? And then we have two kinds of swadharma. One is the conditional, this body, which uh, working in the medical field, and we all have difference that. But then the other swadharma is constitutional, meaning not like the American constitution, but constitution we sometimes use as who we really are. And so that means the spiritual duties. So we have conditional duties and spiritual duties. <coughs> she has to do her duties. <laughs> okay, is that is that helpful? Yeah. yeah. Did you forget your scarf. That's mine. Oh, that's uh, oh, okay. Thank you. You can have it. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not attached to material thing. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So Arjuna says, "Wait a second. Oh, killer of the enemies." That means you go kill him. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, killer of Maru. Maru was one um, non-demon. Uh, How can I counteract with arrows in battle? Men like Bhishma and Drona are worthy of my worship. Bhishma is like his grandfather. Drona was his teacher. And the first two sentences, respectable superiors like Bhishma, the grandfather, and Dronacharya, the teacher, are always worshipable. Even if they attack, they should not be counterattacked. It is general etiquette that superiors are not to be offered even a verbal fight. So, um, this is not what, what we just read is not exactly a spiritual concept, but it's a ethical, um, social thing. And those, those social parts of Krishna's teachings and the Vedic culture in general are helpful for spiritual practices. They're not spiritual practices in and of themselves, but they can help. So obviously, a, a good society takes care of their elders, mm-hmm. right? They don't sh- just ship them off to uh, <laughs> <coughs> um, nursing, nursing homes. homes, yeah, right? Assisted living is the uh, euphemism mm-hmm. of the day, right? Was that yeah. one ancient Indian, or like the Indian society that puts their old people on ice, older, their older, People in like a block of ice and they float them away. What? <laughs> I never heard of. That. I never heard that one. <laughs> you mean like Inuits? Like yeah, like a tribe of Indians, like in like in like I guess in not in Florida, obviously. Not in Florida, <laughs> <laughs> where it snows. Maybe I made this up in a dream or something. I'm pretty sure it's a real thing. We'll check it on Google later. <laughs> Day you turn around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, oh, so so you'll see that. Uh, 
that that's an important part of you know culture you know because even now with one of the problems with technology right guys is you probably know a lot more about technology than your mom right about computers and and oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah am i right yeah. you sure okay just, just checking right. so if we think that this is what's really important then then the, now these children these guys have culture but uh, uh, you know, a young person, a millennial, could think, what am I going to learn from an older person? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know how to even uh, use an iPhone 7. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, because the whole... So that whole... But um, what they forget is that life experience is is does bring knowledge to some extent, even if it's through the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Right? You're in just Fort Knox. So here, the general idea, of course, your grandfather, your teacher, um, you know, you don't even kind of speak back to them so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to five. It would be better to live in this world by begging than to live at the cost of the lives of great souls who are my teachers. Even though desiring worldly gain, they are superiors if they are killed everything we enjoy can be tainted with blood so he's back to the enjoyment argument and here he's saying that um he'd rather he'd rather live like a beggar so again 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 well let's using our pre- common our president today could you imagine him you know living under an overpass and begging for food yeah so so the point is this is that's you know we can't it's hard for us to transform ourselves 5,000 years ago but for Arjuna to say this it has that kind of significance he's this comes from this royal family actually much you know President Trump's president for four years or at the most eight you know this is a family tradition that is ruled for centuries you know um, and he's saying better to live like a beggar than to do what I think that's it's a very circumstances they have lost the respectability of teachers right well again that shows that it's it's not janma it's guna and karma so in other words they're born teachers and they were teachers but then if you don't act like a teacher you know it's in other words it's not an inherited title right we have to walk our talk Just interesting in our school system. Mm. It's interesting in the school system, like just like teachers don't necessarily do what they teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's a challenge for us to do what we teach. Yeah, you know, it's not that we're not uh, exempt from that challenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's <laughs> true. And you know, the the story is there of uh, of Mahatma Gandhi. You know, the person. You guys know that story. Uh, the, the, the mother goes up to Mahatma Gandhi and says, Gandhiji, will you please tell my son to stop eating sweets? You know that story? Yeah. So Gandhiji says, okay, um, come back in two weeks. So she comes back in two weeks and Gandhiji says, stop eating sweets. And the children, <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi, right? Um, so the mother said, thank you so much, Mahatmaji, for doing that. But uh, could you tell me why you waited two weeks? He said, "Well, 
first I had to give up eating sweets. Mm. <laughs> right. So the idea is the word acharya means one who teaches by example. So that's that's a big challenge, you know, uh, because it's easy actually to talk philosophy. Right. Even you know, for me to sit here, it's easy. For me to you know walk out the door and then live what I just spoke about. Yeah. That's that's tough. Yeah. No, now now this is the last reason on text six because uncertainty. Mm. Nor do we know which is better, conquering them or being conquered by them. If we kill the sons of Judah, we should not care to live, yet they are standing before us on the battlefield. Let's go on to text. This next verse is a famous verse because it's the verse in which Arjuna finally surrenders to Krishna and says, okay, amen, amen. Trouble here, help me. Now I am confused about my duty. And I have lost all composure because of miserly weakness. Again, that Hridaya Durbalyo. In this condition, I am asking you to tell me for certain what is best for me. Now I am your disciple and a soul surrendered unto you. Please instruct me. And then right at the beginning of the purport, Prabhupada writes that by nature's own way, the complete system of material activities is a source of perplexity for everyone. You ever had that experience? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's tough out there. You know, not only does Rodney Dangerfield not get any respect, but you know, it, it's really a tough place. In every step there is perplexity, and therefore it behooves one to approach a teacher, a bona fide spiritual master, who can give one proper guidance for executing the purpose of life. All Vedic literatures advise us to approach a bona fide spiritual master to get free from the perplexities of life which happen without our desire. They are like a forest fire that somehow blazes without being set by anyone. Similarly, the world situation is such that perplexities of life automatically appear without our wanting such confusion. And this was, of course, written in the 60s, and the world's, he talked about the world situation then, and if anything, it's probably gotten worse. Although. Vietnam War was going on then. I found that first line really comforting, actually. That, like, that it's perplexing for everyone. Because then it makes me feel like, okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah. It's like totally. This really loves company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It, it's. Yeah, we, sometimes we're between a rock and a hard place. Sometimes we have two choices or more, and none of them are really appealing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then the last paragraph, the first two mm -hmm. sentences, the creepinas, or miserly persons, waste their time in being overly affectionate for family, society, country, etc., in the material conception of life. One is often attached to family life, namely to wife, children, and other members, on the basis of skin disease. So again, I, I chose this because I don't want us to get the wrong impression. It's not that we don't care for our family. Um, it's not that we don't follow the rules of society or the country that we live in. It's a question of um, exclusivity. That if that's the only thing we're, if all of our affection is going in those directions, 
Like, who's your favorite sports team? Like, in what? Uh, football. Steelers. Steelers, okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you know, you have some affection for the Steelers. But it shouldn't interrupt your affection for Krishna. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the point here is that um, we care, we do our duty, we care for our family, we care for society, we follow the rules and all that. But we also understand that we're different from that. That ultimately we're, we are, or let's let's let me word it differently. Ultimately, we understand that the key is our relationship with the Lord, and then. If our relationships with others are based on that relationship with God, then it's kind of like pouring water on the root of a tree. But if we're only sharing our love with people in our orbit and forgetting about Krishna, forgetting about God, then the comparison is like watering each leaf, which doesn't help the tree at all, right? Mm. So, so it can be, it's a misunderstanding to say only God, everyone else. Right? You see, sometimes when people get as spiritually inclined, they, they, they go to that kind of extreme. And you say, yeah, okay, now yeah, just, just me and Jesus, just me and God, or whatever, just me and Krishna. So that's called um, a neophyte. Neophyte means like a beginner's idea. It sometimes happens for beginners, it's kind of a little natural. Um, but more advanced. The next stage is uh, called Madhyama or middle, and that's where you love God, you love Krishna, you um, serve his uh, God's devotees, you try to give, uh, you have compassion on people who are innocent, and you avoid people who are really, really demoniac, and they might affect your consciousness. Mm. So. So that's a more advanced stage. And then a very, very advanced stage, which is beyond what we're even kind of aspiring for in one sense, is when you see everyone as a servant of God except for you. You just see Krishna. Just get this incredible natural humility. You can't, you can't get there. It's just by blessings. It's not by you know. Um, it's not a formula. But what what we do aspire for is that middle one. We offer our affection to Krishna. We we offer our service and and affection to God. Not just Krishna's devotees, but God's devotees. We um, try to have compassion. For People who are innocent, and those small percentage who are just. Won't that be like the guru get to that stage? Like, who gets to that stage? Um, it's called the, the uh, it's called the Maha Bhagwat, which means Bhagwat means a devotee, and Maha means great. Oh, it's great devotee. Um, who gets to that stage? Someone who's very fortunate. Mm-hmm. and who gets the uh, extra special blessings of devotees and Krishna. But it's not a, uh, while it's a ultimate goal, an intermediate goal is to get to the middle stage of, uh, like I just said. Mm-hmm. 
Um, do all are all gurus necessarily on that stage? That no, that's not a qualification to be a guru. The middle stage is a qualification to be a guru, though. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about in, in this society. And the funny thing is, uh, you um, you to, what is it? To know to know him, you, need, you have to be on that level to recognize that level. <laughs> so we want to be careful. Oh, well, he's not here. Srila Prabhupada um, sometimes gave hints, but he said that generally, even a devotee is on that level, will come down to the second level, because that's actually the practical level for dealing with this world. And he only gave a few hints. Sometimes he would be chanting uh, with his cartels and singing the prayer that we sing at the beginning of class, and he would just become stunned and go into a trance. But very few times, very few. Because the, the idea is that those aren't, people can fake that. Mm. And so that's not the real symptom. Mm. There are some very practical symptoms of someone who's very advanced. Uh, one is called Abhyakta Kalatvam, that they own, that they use all their time in Krishna service. When Sadhanama Ruchi means have, they really have a taste, a love for chanting Krishna's name. Nine of those that are more visible, you know, but just you know, sometimes in in India, sometimes people would put chilies up their nose that that would force them to cry, and then they go, "Oh, Krishna!" And the tears are going down, and they look like, "Oh, they're so spiritual." You ever done that? Yeah. No? <laughs> that would hurt. Yeah, that would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you put like a direct chili in your nose without like. Hurt unless like unless it's like if it's dry. Uh huh. Have you tried it? No. Yeah, it oh, like you're coming from experience here. I, 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 had, I had a ghost pepper. Uh huh. In school. And you inhaled it. No, it, it was like the powder. Uh huh. So it was like it, my, my friend. He's like vegan, so he put it in a brownie. Oh. So. I guess I sort of am, because when you eat it, you should, like you sort of get the taste and like go through your nose. Yeah. I don't know because I have never tried it. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like ghost like, pepper brownie. Like, okay. And we don't have to worry about onions crying and all that because we don't eat anything else. So. <laughs> I've got the pepper and then touch my eye. That was also a good experience. Oh yeah, that's not a good experience. <laughs> All right, so now I can find, eight, text eight, I can find no means to drive away this grief, which is drying up my senses. I will not be able to dispel it, even if I win a prosperous, unrivaled kingdom on earth with sovereignty like that of the demigods in heaven. And um, if you look at that first, uh, it's actually not Sanskrit, it's actually Bengali. But if you look at that first verse that's quoted, we already discussed this, but let's just look at it. It does not matter whether a person is a vipra, a learned scholar in Vedic wisdom, or is born in a, quote, what we would consider, quote, lower family, or is a sannyasi in the renounced order of life, if he is, or she, is master in the science of Krishna, he is the perfect and bona fide spiritual master. So it's not a question of birth, it's not a question of gender, it's not a question of occupation, it's a question of Krishna consciousness.
Yeah? You agree? Okay. Confirmed by Arjuna. We're hearing all about Arjuna today. Okay, so then he just totally says, having thus spoken, Arjuna chastised his enemies, told Krishna, oh, this is where he says, Govinda, I shall not fight, and fell silent. Oh, the Senate of Bharata, at that time, Krishna, smiling in the midst of both armies, spoke the following words to the grief-stricken Arjuna. And Prabhupada mentions that this was spoken in front of all the warriors, and his last sentence, therefore, said, The talks of Bhagavad Gita are not for any particular person, society, or community, but they are for all. And friends or enemies are equally entitled to hear them. Yes, even Hitler. <laughs> we won't advertise that, but yes. He was smiling also that, that Arjuna has now turned to him. Mm. And uh, now, you know, th there's a saying like in, in counseling um, that uh, don't uh, try to help somebody until you're hired. <laughs> like, ever, have, have you ever had someone try to give you advice mm. and <laughs> you didn't really want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. So it's so it's like that in, in spiritual life. You know, sometimes we go out there and we talk to people about Krishna, but ultimately it has to come from them. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Prabhupada told us once not to um, canvas people, canvas for disciples, mm. but rather, you know, you know that 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 means like you know to take that vow in initiation time. But he said that's because that's the wrong mood. The mood should be that when the person has realized how valuable Krishna consciousness is and he reads how you're supposed to have a bona fide spiritual master and all that, so then they go to the spiritual master and they're more in the mood of begging, you know, please accept me. Not not just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. That's cool. You know, there's a, it should be in the right mood. <laughs> well, in the very, very beginning, those first initiations, people didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. You know, they were just like, you know, Papa was just trying to get something started. You know, you know, but, but then, but it was funny because uh, he said, "Okay, so you want to get initiated tomorrow? Okay, great." And then, like the day before, okay, and then you have to follow these rules. <laughs> okay, so now Krishna is finally going to start teaching Arjuna. Verse eleven is a, it's the beginning, and do you see uh, the, the word? The first word is asochan. Just like, you know, we begin lessons A, B, C, D, you know, start with A. So Krishna starts with A. The Supreme Personality of God had said, While speaking learned words, you are mourning for what is not worthy of grief. Those who are wise lament neither for the living nor the dead. In the middle of the purport, Arjuna argued that religious principles should be given more importance than politics or sociology. But he did not know that knowledge of matter, soul, and the Supreme is even more important than religious formalities. And because he was lacking in that knowledge, he should not oppose himself as a learned man. So, 
uh, sociology and politics here, uh, religiosity here, spirituality here. So he was speaking here about like, you know, how society should be nicely run and, and things like that. And, but he wasn't, but he was still thinking in terms of the body. And therefore Krishna is saying, you're missing the whole point, Baba. You know, you're missing the essence. Mm. Could we close that curtain a little bit? The sun's starting to go right in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. That's good. That's good, yeah. So you had a question about that? Or someone had a question about that? <laughs> okay. Well, when you get it, just let me know. So then Krishna says something, very, another very, very important verse. Never was there a time, now try to imagine this, Krishna saying, never was there a time when I did not exist, that's Krishna saying that, right? Nor you, nor all these other living entities, nor all these other kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. Yeah. And um, there's a long description here about Mayavadi philosophy. So Mayavadi philosophy, uh, well, I'll just read the first sentence of that par long paragraph. The Mayavadi theory that after liberation, the individual soul, separated by the covering of Maya or illusion, will merge into the impersonal Brahman and lose its individual existence is not supported here by Lord Krishna, the Supreme Authority, right? Because he says, in the past, I was Krishna, you were Arjuna, the kings were all the kings. Now, I'm Krishna, you're Arjuna, kings. And in the future, I'll be Krishna, you'll be Arjuna, and they'll be individual souls. Not in the future, I'll be Krishna, and you're all going to merge into me. We remain separate, but in a relationship with God eternally. And so this Mayavadi philosophy is a, uh, it's considered a very dangerous philosophy because it, it's an insult to Krishna, because basically you're saying we, we 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 can sing and dance and talk and and have intellectual conversations and all this, but God is deaf, dumb, blind, etc. Because He has no individuality, any pers pers personality. So we're great in that sense. We're greater than Him. So it's a uh, it's a, and therefore you see. Uh, I wasn't going to cover it all, but you can see how um, Prabhupada goes to lengths here because it's the first time it's kind of brought up in another place in the Gita to clarify this misunderstanding. Yes, exactly. Is that right? Yes. And this is not easy because, you know, first of all, if God is a person, there's a lot of implications to that, if you actually accept it. Now you could you could turn your back to it and say, well, you know, I'm just gonna go to Baskin Robbins have some ice cream. But you know, if you think about the implications, <laughs> it means a person has likes and dislikes, and because they're a superior person to you, you're supposed to do what they say and and avoid what they tell you not to do. So that you all of a sudden your life gets spun around, you know, because you have there's a um, there's a North Star, right? If we don't, you know, we, especially the way society is today, there's very few North Stars. Okay, you're not supposed to murder people. Um, 
That's about it. Yeah, I was saying, yeah. So here, you know, and this is, you know, this is a challenge. Yeah, I can, I can understand why people don't want to be sp spiritually minded, because it's like, oh, I mean, I gotta like restrict. There's, you know. No, you know, I grew up in the '60s. It's all let it all hang out, mm. you know. Um, mm. So, it's also uh, we're going to hear about this in the fourth chapter, but the fact that if God is a person, uh, He has senses. Mm -hmm. um, you have you have a reciprocal relationship with Him. Um, there's a lot of implications to that as well. Um, it's ex uh, and because because our experience with people in this world is that you know they all have faults they all have their pluses and minuses and then to try to understand a person who doesn't have those faults mm -hmm. yeah that's uh, it's a lot to wrap around with our present mind yeah so the material world is full of form and and fall so the, the spiritual world should be like formless without exactly exactly so see right so 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 with our intelligence without Bhagavad Gita and other scriptures you know we would you know it's so natural to think that uh, like you just said uh, you know form all this variety here and it has problems so it must be that the ultimate is variety less mm -hmm. mm. you know and so when Srila Prabhupada's guru said um, he wanted to start a newspaper, a daily newspaper, just about spiritual things. And people in Calcutta, this is okay, they're saying, you know, maybe once a month, but daily? And, and his spiritual message, you could write something about what happens in the spiritual world every minute. Mm -hmm. So we had, so that's a whole thing that there's activities and, and you know, Krishna dances. And then, and then there's some specific descriptions. He plays the flute. He doesn't play the slide trombone. I think we mentioned that last week. You know. Yeah, you did mention it. I can't remember exactly. Like, you gave an explanation as to why, like that depiction. Why is because he's a person. And he chooses to ultimately. Oh, See, I mean, no, it's it, it's again, it's hard to wrap our mind around a little. But who's going to stop Krishna from playing the flute? Who's going to tell him? Who's going to tell him? Who's going to tell him that you know? Come on, Krishna. You know, ostrich feather much better than a peacock feather. You know, At least you know, try it out for this millennium. You know, whatever. Uh, you, ultimately, uh, there's a saying um, that uh, love means allowing the other person to be. Yeah. So. Ultimately, when we approach Krishna, uh, this is mentioned in the Ramayana, that if you just go up to Krishna and say, you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then your life is successful. Now, again, there's huge implications to just saying, you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead. First of all, that means I'm not, right? Mm -hmm. And again, that means, you know, you're the boss. You be the boss. Mm -hmm. right? It has a lot of implications. Yeah, but this is considered almost like spiritual suicide to just to to because it's offensive to Christians to just say, oh yeah, it's just impersonal. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a question, but I don't want to get like 
too into my own personal issues, but maybe if you have like a brief, <laughs> well, perfect we'll, answer for we'll me. We'll see how personal it is. Um, I never had a problem like with the Maya body thing because I was raised understanding that God was a person. Okay. But I was raised understanding he was Jesus. Right. So like very specific characteristics, pastimes, pictures right. of him, everything. So for me, it's still hard sometimes because I'm totally cool with the idea that God is a person. Right. But for 20-something years, I really loved a specific person. So then how do you make that work? Well, um... Like, I don't want that relationship to have to die. No, she definitely shouldn't. One time, several times, Prabhupada, you know, Prabhupada said that Jesus is our guru. Right. You know? And just like we, we... at least for those who are kind of like on the have clo- come closer and closer to Iskan, we talk about Srila Prabhupada's pastimes and his nature right, with great affection. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that should not be at all um, discouraged. Um, was it difficult when you heard? Because I think most uh, our understanding of Iskan is that Jesus is a soul, a great pure devotee, rather than God himself. Because right. even say, he prayed to God. Right. Right? He prayed to the Father. Right. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, it was decided, what was it, around 3rd century AD? Mm-hmm. You know, well, there's a book called uh, When Jesus Became God. Mm-hmm. Right? And because it was basically decided in one of these big meetings mm-hmm. that they had of, uh, in, the, in the Mediterranean area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and different... Different gospels describe Jesus's divinity differently, and mm-hmm. different, definitely different sects of Protestantism describe. I just happened to have come from one that like believed that Jesus was there at creation, uh-huh. like what so like the Creator God and Jesus were actually same. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm not really tied to that, and I didn't even really consider myself Christian before I came to Christian consciousness. I kind of pulled away from that, but when I think about God, that's what I picture. You know? mm-hmm. So even now, I mean, six years later, being in like Bhagavatam class every day and stuff, sometimes when like speakers will speak, I still have to translate Krishna to God in my head, just to fully understand. Cool. Yeah. But it's, I mean, cool, but it's sh- frustrating. <laughs> it's the other me. one that needs to go a little bit uh, perfect. Yeah, now it's good, really good. And Fred Anandamaraj says, like, this is not a problem. You have a personal God in your mind. This is not yeah. a problem. Like, this is no, what it's you not need to problem. worry about. But... It does make me feel separate sometimes from the world, like different. Mm-hmm. Well, you have you're you're you you're lucky because you have double. Oh, <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like two scoops of ice cream instead of one. <laughs> I used to wear hip asking around. <laughs> That's why I just told me the ice cream. Oh, the ice cream. <laughs> the ice cream. The mint chocolate chip is my favorite. Mint chocolate it's chip. It's green. <laughs> it's you. actually green, yeah. It turns your tongue all the way on. So they would say that, that Jesus wouldn't be like an incar- incarnation like Chaitanya was. He no, was like but, a great devotee. Yes. Of Krishna. And he might be called a Shakjavesha avatar. Uh, avatar is incarnation. Not the, the movie, you know, or, or the, the, the avatars that you have in. Um, you know, right, they have avatars in um, computer that? games and stuff. <laughs> no, but computer games, sometimes the, the person in there will be called an avatar, isn't it? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to, there's like two aspects of avatars. There's like one where like people can control the elements, and then another one there's like wild beasts. An avatar like, character. Yeah, and then, no. <laughs> 
Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. another avatar. Right. So it just shows you that different. That one word can have different meanings. So avatar, often in our sense, means one who descends, right? Incarnation. So Jesus uh, is often called by devotees a Shakti Vesha avatar, like like Shri Prabhupada, uh, one who has the Shakti of the Lord. They still may be a, an individual soul, but practically they are an incarnation because they have the they've been infused with the Shakti of the Lord. There's, um, in the fourth canto of the Bhagavatam, Maharaj Prithu is considered that. And wouldn't that give them ultimately more control because we just came out of the month of Dhamadhar where we learned that the devotee's great love actually is more control over Krishna than Krishna himself? Yes, you could, yes, uh, um, that's on a very high level. Yes, mm -hmm. not the kind of control like, you know, when the seasons are going to come and right. that sort of stuff, but, but the, the heart, the heart, yeah, the heart level, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I know this can be a little controversial, but um, and I don't know what your familiarity is from this, but like that, Jesus um, also like learned from ancient um, philosophy, like I don't know, like during the periods where. He was not, that was not described in the Bible. Right. That they would say that he went to India and learned and brought the teachings back. The Aquarian Gospel uh, by yeah. Levi. Um, it's funny, I just read a research um, on that done by a devotee um, who basically discredited uh, a lot of, you know, showing the gaps in the presentation by Levi. And also, when Srila Prabhupada first heard about it, he thought, oh, that's, may you know, maybe, but then later he, he also discredited it, so. Um, or at least, let me be specific, uh, that, that one depiction called the Aquarian Gospel. Now, uh, I don't know that that, does, that doesn't necessarily discredit uh, whether he, either he went to India or whether some of the knowledge coming out of the Vedic culture wasn't heard by him or, or influenced him. It's really hard to say. Uh, and this is not a specific criticism of any place and something that we also have to be careful in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, but you know, there's definitely people who say that if Jesus um, went to some of the churches today, he probably wouldn't be allowed in. <laughs> you know? Or he would look around and say, What's happening? <laughs> I can't relate to this place. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like that bumper like, like Jesus saved me from your followers. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing about the prosperity gospel, you know, that uh, really, you know, if you follow Jesus, you're going to become rich. Mm -hmm. Whereas he pretty much kind of said the opposite, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I'm not a biblical scholar, but uh, by any means. So, and we have to make sure that we don't ever fall into that trap uh, here. So, um, yeah. Okay, how are we doing time-wise? Oh my god. Anyway. Text 13. As the, as the embodied soul continually passes in this body, this is a key, this is a key, key verse. 
as we pass in this body from boyhood or girlhood to youth to old age the soul so the souls the souls remain the same and the body kept changing right and so similarly oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so similarly at the time of death the body changes again you know we don't have that one but the soul takes on another body mm-hmm. uh, and a sober person is not bewildered by such a change mm-hmm. and this doesn't mean sober like you know not drinking yes exactly and it's the only time really it's so part of vedic culture that it's just mentioned here from chat, verse thir- 11 to 30 and then never mentioned again because it's just like a priori it's just like understood mm-hmm. you know just like Then we'll just read the first few sentences. Since every living entity is an individual soul, each is changing his body every moment, manifesting sometimes as a child, sometimes as a youth, and sometimes as an old man. Yet the same spirit soul is there and does not go undergo any change. The individual soul finally changes the body at death and transmigrates to another body. And since it is sure to have another body in the next birth, either material or spiritual, there was no cause for lamentation by Arjuna on account of death, neither for Bhishma nor for Drona, for whom he was so much concerned. So, um, this always reminds me when someone, like my parents or something, or their, their parents will say like, I don't feel old at all. Like, I'm like 20 years old. Like, what is this? Yeah, I know. So I feel like I'm 19. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Huh? It's also like, it makes me think of like, you know, how often people say, oh, why is this, um, this child was born and died? Mm-hmm. Like, for me, like a few days, mm-hmm. like right. being born. Then it kind of takes me back to one of the initial conversations of duty and purpose and then like yes you hear you know like I think we, we just read something about it you know you go through a child and but you, your soul remains your soul yes so this, yeah so that this, person moves on mm-hmm. uh, sometimes um, you know we don't know mm-hmm. we could say it's a person's karma or sometimes they're they're living out you know some drastic karma you know that they only live a short time mm-hmm. um um, and it's beautiful because I feel like it gives so much hope. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always believed in reincarnation. Oh, so did it you? Was like, yeah, uh-huh. like, well, got into trouble <laughs> from the nuns. <laughs> from the nuns, I can imagine. <laughs> but I, I just think it's just such a beautiful concept. Yeah. There are, there is research, and again, um, like not being a biblical scholar myself, that that there was some hints about reincarnation in the Bible previously, and that it was you know, basically edited. I don't know the details of that or even how uh, legitimate that yeah. is. Mm. Um, so we uh, go through these changes, childhood to youth to old age, um, but we don't notice it. It's just like, you know, so we've been here now an hour and uh, 15, 16 minutes. So, for example, our fingernails have grown an hour and 15 minutes worth of time, right? Mm-hmm. You know? But the, but the time factor is such a powerful thing, right? You can't stop it. Take as much vitamin E as you want. 
it still marches on, right? Um, but it's it's a bit imperceptible, right? Because you don't feel much different than yesterday, mm. even though you're a day closer to death, right? Oh. But then when you see somebody, like if somebody, like um, yeah. um, when was the last time you saw some of Uttama Shloka's kids? Today. No, I mean. Before this. Four years ago? Three years ago? Three, three, three. So did you see that they changed? Like, oh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, a lot. A lot, mm-hmm. right? Because you didn't see it for three years. So you could see the time factor more uh, in action. I only right. think that changed with their height, but like... Yeah, their height, but also their intelligence and, oh. and stuff like that. And you guys also changed. They, they said, oh, my God, look at Mohan now. Mm-hmm. Right, look at that guy, Arjuna. Mm-hmm. Right Now they're wearing glasses and everything. Um... <laughs> So, so it's just it's just an, it's it's something to think about how the time factor marches on. You know, I'm 59 now, and I feel 19, you know, or whatever, um, until I look in the mirror, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, try to get out of bed in the morning or whatever, or you know, try to play full court basketball for 20 minutes. <laughs> but um, but. Um, mm. Uh, but it but it has its effect and it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear that uh, actually. One of the verses in uh, one of the last verses that we read, uh, we're supposed to read for homework was, uh, for one who is born, death is certain, mm-hmm. and for one who dies, birth is certain. Mm-hmm. And therefore, in the unavoidable discharge of your duty, you should not lament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, next verse says, "O son of Kunti." The non-permanent appearance of happiness and distress, right? It comes mm-hmm. and it goes, right? Mm-hmm. And their disappearance in due course are like the appearance and disappearance of the winter and summer seasons. They arise from sense perception of Sainabharata, and one must, that's another name for Arjuna, and one must learn to tolerate them without being disturbed. Mm-hmm. In the first sentence, in the proper discharge of duty, one has to learn to tolerate non-permanent appearances of and disappearances of happiness and distress. So, the average person in this world, um, we're 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 very, we're like a, on a roller coaster ride, right? You know, wow, it's really great. My uh, the Steelers won last week. Oh, then I got a got a flat tire, right? But I, you know, uh, we got released from work three hours early on Wednesday. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, um, but then you know, even though the Redskins won their best quarter, you know, somebody got injured, you know, whatever. Life has, you know, and we tend to be very much identify with those ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And here, Krishna is su- suggesting a different strategy mm-hmm. that to understand them as non permanent, they come and they go, and to tolerate them. And you tolerate happiness also. Just not get so get off the roller coaster, and get a little bit more like you know, ride the wave. You know, small waves on the Gulf of Mexico, <laughs> and everyone in the Gulf of Mexico, right? They're very small waves. On the other side of Florida, there, yeah, they're big waves. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a bathtub, right? In, in, uh, in July or something like that. Yeah. In uh, yeah, in Tampa and all those places. <laughs> Not to um, be attached to any, either part of the roller coaster. Right. Is that 
Yes, and instead, later we're going to find, and then what should you be attached to? Uh, you know, a devotional attitude towards Krishna. So you, you, so it's not, this is basically the negation, and then there's going to be the adding. But yeah, it's, it's um, otherwise we're just, we're just getting slapped around, we're just getting slapped silly by up one day, and you know, what is that song by uh, Frank Sinatra? I've been a puppet, a pirate, a poet, a pawn, and a king. I've been up and down, and over and out, and I know one thing. <laughs> right. Right, you know. What's the chorus? Um, that's life. Uh, that's oh. life. Yeah. But the good, the one good line in there, one Krishna conscious line is, um, and when I'm, when he's down and out, he says, "I just pick myself up and get back in the race." Because that's what we should do. We, we we have some struggle. We we forget Krishna for some time. We just pick ourselves up and get back in the race, get, pick up some beads and go for it. <laughs> right. But otherwise, you, you, yeah, it, it's it's not a good life to live. And most of us live that life of just being just ups and downs by the uh, what happens to us. Apostle Paul talks about, he says, supposed to be in the world but not of the world. Yeah. And then White Eagle from White Eagle's Lodge of England or whatever, he's a channeled entity says that you know you're going through this and you see all this horror and all this tragedy and everything like that but because you're connected and marching to the beat of a different drummer mm. you know you know it's all higher purpose and not to buy into it and then the course of miracles will tell you it's just all an illusion anyways right right and you know even the things that we sometimes really stress about we look back three years later and we kind of laugh oh yeah remember that time <laughs> Yeah, it's the challenge is to remember this when you're actually going through stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. the challenge. You know, it's easy to talk about it, but it's really a challenge. And therefore, we help each other. Mm. You know, when we're when we're you know, to uh, see because ultimately the higher level of this is to see Krishna's hand in things. Mm. That's the higher level. But here it's it's just yeah, people things come and go and yeah, and you just. Don't get swept away by the happiness and distress of this world. It's really powerful looking back and being like, why did I ever stress about that? Mm -hmm. Like that made, yeah. that's there's no part of that in my life even now. Right. <laughs> well, it reminds me of uh, where is it? A saying by uh, Mark Twain. I think I have it in one of my powerpoints here. Like that slide you had up. What's that? The Y meeting stink PowerPoint you had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to know what that's for. That's another class. That's another uh, topic. Um, I think this is it. I, I could say I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we tend to. Think, what if, what if, what if, you know, we make it's the, the problem's this big, the snowball's this big, but it becomes this big. Mm -hmm. You ever guys have really, uh, you remember when we had that snow storm last year and you could make this huge snowman, right? You just start with a ball, but then you roll it and snow. Last year? Was, like, no it was the year before. Oh, the year before. <laughs> we missed, like, a That's what happens when you get 59 years old, everything just kind of merges. <laughs> <laughs> Three years into one yeah. last year. <laughs> so, um, 
so the mind snowballs, mm. especially when we're going to sleep at night. <laughs> you know, it's you know the problem's this big. Like you know, I have to pay my electric bill, and by the time you worry about it, you're 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 out on the street with just a sleeping bag. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're stressed out. So, oh, like, uh, yeah. so. <laughs> oh, best among men, Arjuna, the person who is not disturbed by happiness and stress and is steady in both, is certainly eligible for liberation. We're going to have to talk a lot about liberation because ultimately liberation means reinstatement in our position, in our love for Krishna. Mm. But it is sometimes used more from just liberated from the um, happiness and distresses of this world, as, as this verse is talking about, but not necessarily that whole love God platform yet mm. but just more of a negation of the distress in this world there's also like um well i've been i've been seeing like things in a different way where i'm watching some like television shows and people are being judged so when they're judged and the judges are like happy with them they're like super happy and when they're done something wrong they're like super morose and crying yeah and you see there the soul kind of trying to be happy and trying to get that confirmation that they're good. So there, there's something there where if we understand that our real happiness is like uh, in Krishna or like in our spiritual identity, then we're more with ourselves. If yes. we're looking for that like happiness in the, in the outside world, then we're kind of lost. Well, let's connect that to this fruit of, remember the word fruit of at the beginning yeah. of the, right? The, you want the fruit of happiness mm. and you want to avoid the fruit of distress. You, you know, yeah. And the mind is the mind. If there's one uh, in the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's this amazing description about how the only enemy in this world is, is our mind. Yeah. Only. Right? Because the happiness and stress is all here. Yeah. It's all here, right? And, and all the worries and all the. We don't like this, but also thinking in another place in the Bhagavatam, we talk about we shouldn't think in terms of friends and enemies. We should see everyone as, you know, brother and sister. Except, again, people who are really demoniac, we can avoid them. doesn't mean we hate them, we just avoid them. You know? Yeah, but just, so this whole thing about duality. So the mind is like a, it's like a, you know, in computers, they're very fancy machines, but they're just a bunch of zeros and ones, actually, right? So the mind is like a zero and one. It ex it accepts and rejects. It's like binary. Yeah, that's right, binary, very good. Um, you should give the rest of the class. Oh, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, it's yes, it's binary, very good. Um, and so our mind is like that. We accept the things that we think will give us pleasure, and we try to avoid the things that we that don't. And if you if you if you could actually kind of go like, go up to the balcony and look down at your mind, or in a helicopter, you'd see that that's kind of what it's doing nonstop all day, all night, right? Accepting and rejecting, accepting and rejecting. And sometimes it'll reject that very thing that it accepted earlier, right? Just like what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? You know, oh, well, let's go to yours, mint, mint chocolate, mint chocolate chip. chip from Baskin Robbins. Okay, so if I if I told Stephanie that you know, 
I have a scoop of that, she'd be like really happy. If I had told her two, still probably have probably up to four or five, still pretty happy. <laughs> if I said you had to eat this whole tub, <laughs> I never want to see them in chocolate chip again in my life. <laughs> you know, the, the, the big tub's the best one. It's like a week later. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you know, haven't you ever like uh, gotten wanted something and when you got it, it ends up in the shelf like you the next week? Anymore. Yeah. No, it, it usually ends up in trees. In trees. <laughs> 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 no, like my dream job. <coughs> college was working for IBM, <laughs> and some days I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> but the day they called me and said like will you accept this offer? I was like the happiest person alive. And then when I have those days at work where I'm like, I do not like this job, I think back to that day. Wow, yeah. So. Or in high school, if you like, like some guy and you want to go after him and he shows interest in you, then you no longer like him anymore. <laughs> He's made it too easy. Yeah, right, right, right. Interesting. So, so, so the only source of pain, the, the biggest source of distress in our life is our mind. When I was his age, my mom said, it's all between your ears. It's all between your ears, yeah. And like, mm. when I got older, and she went to sixth grade, and I was a farm girl working hard and everything like that. I'm like, where did she get this She stuff? figured it out, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, well, the first time I read a psychologist book or anything like that, I'm like, Mom, how did you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who told you? So, Wisdom. Yeah, we're going to hear about that in the sixth chapter especially. But um, but here you see why Krishna is saying this, right? That if, you, if you're not disturbed by happiness and stress, you're liberated. You're, you're not affected by this world. Had a long, long way to go, as the song goes. Those who are seers of the truth, there's an interesting definition here. Those who are seers of the truth have concluded that of the non-existent, the material body, there is no duration. So something that is not eternal, actually, one definition is it doesn't exist. Of course, we know this exists, you know, it's here. Right? But, but it's just a definition. And of the eternal, there's no change. Since what really real is something eternal thus uh, this they have concluded by studying the nature of both mm. the first beginning there it says there is no duration of the changing body right Mohan you're 13 14 14, 14. you're never going to be 14 again yeah. after this year you can't go back it says here the, the, there's no what Oh, 15. When you're 15, you can't go back, right? Because it says there's no, whatever you are, you can't go back. There is no endurance of the changing body. That the body is changing every moment by the actions and reactions of the different cells and the, is admitted by modern medical science, and thus growth and old age are taking place in the body. But the spirit's soul exists permanently, remaining the same despite all changes of the body and mind. That is the difference between matter and spirit. So one time Srila Prabhupada, he would define de um, old age as whoever's closest to death. So in that sense, we don't know who's the oldest in this room. Mm. <laughs> we don't know. 
text 17, that which pervades the entire body, you should know to be indestructible. No one is able to destroy the imperishable soul. So better than Superman, because Superman still has kryptonite he's got to worry about, right? But, yeah, but here we actually are, we're at, you know, we shouldn't, you know, go in front of a train like he can, but we're actually stronger than Superman because we're indestructible. Yeah, our soul, not, not the body doesn't come out. <laughs> don't yeah, don't try it. Don't, don't <laughs> try this at home. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this verse more clearly explains the nature, the real nature of the soul, which is spread all over the body. Anyone can understand what is spread all over the body. It is consciousness. So one symptom of the soul is consciousness. You can't see the soul, but there's you can see it by its symptom. Just like, well. It's not, you can see, if you look outside, that it's not windy. How do we know? Because of the symptoms of the leaves not moving. Right? We don't see the wind. Or let's say if it was windy, we, we can't, you don't see the wind, but you see the symptoms of the wind in, in the trees and the leaves. Now that's the soul. Now the next verse talks about the body. The material body of the indestructible, immeasurable, and eternal living entity is sure to come to an end. Therefore, fight, O descendant of Bharata. Then the first sentence, the material body is perishable by nature. Right? We should like stamp it, perishable, like, you know, <laughs> refrigerate or whatever. Uh, it may perish immediately or it may do so after a hundred years. It is a question of time there's no chance of maintaining it indefinitely. And Kali preserved Disney's body or something? Yeah. What is it? Or yeah, then they, they preserve they... Uh, Walt oh, Disney's oh, body. Yeah. <laughs> Froze it? Yeah. yeah. The soul is long gone. For time when they have the technique to kind of revive it. Yeah. 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 It's also strange, right, that you think, like, so, I don't know how the decision happened, but you think so highly of yourself that you think it would be worth it, like, for you to come back. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess people really love Walt Disney, but I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Yes, sir. So, what would happen if people, like, were able to come back to life? Would that mess up, like, like all religious philosophies? Would it end all religious philosophies? Yeah, like, everything would be like... That's a great, that's a great question. Um... There are examples both in the Bible and in the Vedic literature of um, God or God's servants performing miracles, in quotes, uh, bringing, bringing people back to life. Um, one time Lord Chaitanya was having a kirtan in the house of Srivas Pandit, and his son passed away during the kirtan. And um, afterwards, Lord Chaitanya heard this, he put his hand on the chest and he jumped up. There's also a, uh, it may be allegorical, I'm not sure, but it's a, no, it's an interesting story. Or, or rather, I don't mean story, it's an amazing uh, lesson. So Chitra Ketu Maharaj, he was having a lot of trouble. Uh, he had so many wives. He was, polygamy was allowed for uh, kings, um, but he couldn't have a child. 
So finally, he um, he did some puja, did some worship, and and uh, it was decided that he could have a his, his one one of his wives could have a child, but the child would be a cause of great happiness and distress. Hmm. So the child was born, and of course the king was overjoyed, and that one wife was overjoyed, but some of the other wives were not overjoyed at all because they were being totally neglected. So they poisoned the child. And the child passed away. And one of the great saints, Naranamuni, came and gave some kind of blessing that the child could come back to life. So the child came back to life and came to my son, my son, you're back. And the child looked at him and said, uh, who are you? And he said, I'm your father, I'm your child. He said, which father? I've had th thousands of different fathers. I've been born so many different times. <laughs> so, so, they, so there's a possibility that that can happen, and you know that there's also times when people have been declared dead. They actually the soul hadn't left the body, right? You, medical, you know. There's even been people almost buried, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, things like that. So, um, but the general rule is that when the soul leaves the body, it, it's like. You know, it's really clear because I've been around dying people before because um, I lived in Vrindavan, India, where many people go to die because it's a holy place. My mother passed away there. And it's, it's, it's remarkable how so quickly the changes in the body. The, the first thing I always notice is the complexion. You know, um, and it's just lifeless. And so this whole thing that is so dear to us, you know, we got to make sure, just like, you know, you have a nice car and, and all that, but if you don't ever put gas in it, it ain't going to go, right? So, you know, we, we got it. The whole thing that's energizing this thing that we're taking such good care of is the real us. <laughs> Right, what did, uh, what's his name say? The famous 1970s uh, heartthrob, Michael Cassidy, his last words? It was in the news yesterday. I think he said uh, to his son, I've wasted so much time. Mm. That's what he said, yeah. And then there's, oh, there's uh, you're familiar with Elizabeth Keebler-Ross? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, in your profession. The different stages of, uh, of consciousness before dying. The last one being acceptance. And the heart, not too many people reach that uh, stage. I've seen devotees primarily be able to do that. But it's, it's hard because we you know, I don't want to scare us too much, have a more, you know, but because we're so lucky we have such a positive thing with Krishna. But it is a challenge. I was once um, in Vrindavan, there was a woman there, Archer Vigraha, whose her name was, initiated name. But uh, prior to being a devotee, she was quite a famous artist. She, she became interested in Krishna consciousness later on in life. She was quite a well-known artist in South Africa. So um, she came to Vrindavan after a cancer diagnosis, and she was given six months. She, la she lived eight years in Vrindavan. Wow. But when the, con when the, when the um, uh, cancer finally really spread, and 
my wife and I would go to see her every day. And um, she said what she's really struggling with is, so she's been an artist her whole life. And so since she became a devotee, she's an artist for Krishna. And she did some beautiful, we have this beautiful, you've seen that um, on our wall, the uh, Prabhupada? Oh, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, you've seen that? That's, that's her, she did that, yeah. Um, you seen it? Mm. Yeah, very nice. Um, so she said, and she could no longer do art at the, towards the tail end, and she realized that all she has left is whatever love she has for Krishna. Because wow. she, you know, artist for Krishna, artist for Krishna, there's no more artists just for Krishna. Because wow. she couldn't do her art mm. anymore. Mm. But she treasured that, that that's what she has. So, uh, yeah, it's so clear. It's you know, there's a uh, Sanskrit word for it, and I can't remember it. The Sanskrit, but it's called the renunciation of having just attended a funeral. Mm-hmm. That for a few days or a few minutes at least, you you know, you start getting philosophical and think, you know, what's the purpose of life? And then you know, life catches up and the football games start. You know, <laughs> you know. But um, there's yeah. Uh, I always liked. It, it, Ireland is similar to. Um, uh, New Orleans, the the, uh, the, uh, the funeral processions are upbeat, mm-hmm. you know, and of course in Ireland they all drink afterwards, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but they celebrate the person's life instead of getting all you know teary eyed. It's so. the same in Africa. Is it? And, yeah, uh-huh. not so much in South America. Mm-hmm. South America is more of a lamenting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I celebrate for days, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, so we, so we as devotees, we have this. Um, we don't. We don't say that they they left their body. They're, they're in some really good place. Hardball. What's for, what's for lunch? You know? No. We, you know, we, we we miss the person that suffers is us because we're not having their association anymore. They're probably in a really good space, Krishna. Yeah, so it's us. So. There's a, in the Vedic culture, there's a time for mourning. Mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, means lamenting, not morning, afternoon, and evening. Yeah. Um, and so you see after the, after the battle, this battle took place, it actually took place, right? You know, and many people died. And Krishna didn't immediately speak philosophy. He allowed them to mourn. There's a mourning time, and then after that, he said, "Well, actually, they're spirit souls, and they're not their body, and they're in a good place." And, but, you know, um, doing that too quickly after someone, you know, sometimes it, the heart can't hear <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. Okay. Text nineteen. Neither he who thinks the living entity the slayer. Nor he who thinks that slain is in knowledge, for the self slays not, nor is slain. The soul doesn't do it. Now this, obviously, by the way, does not condone killing. Right. And one of the tricky, let's, let's face it, one of the tricky things that we may, you know, when we're talking to other people is people have done a lot of dumb things saying God told them to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. A lot of dumb things. Mm-hmm. You know, terrible things. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, when I grew up, the big thing was uh, the um, was it in Guyana, the uh, oh, yeah. that 
congressman went down there and the yeah they poisoned everyone with Kool Aid. Yeah, Johnstown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Kool Aid. They spiked the Kool Aid. The poison. And including a U.S. congressman. And they forced people to drink. Yeah, they forced everyone to drink. Even some people knew. Anyway, we won't get into that. People did it on purpose. Yeah, I think so. So, so. We, so here, that's why, you, and then people say, well, Krishna's telling you to fight. No, you know, that's why I keep on emphasizing. The main thing Krishna's doing is telling us to perform our duty, right? Yeah. And Arjuna happened to be a warrior. Um, and he's teaching over 700 verses, a lot of philosophy. And not just saying, I'm God, go kill a whole bunch of people. You know, he's not, that's not, you know, so we have to, but you have to have some discrimination there because people... Are doing all kinds of stuff, um, and especially you know um, these days, um, even people the same religious uh, Sunni Shiite kind of thing going on, and you know one person from a different side of Islam will you know like this blow up two hundred people or something. It's all you know. Yeah. Um, so here's another very famous verse twenty: For the soul, there is neither birth nor death at any time. He has not come into being, does not come into being, and will not come into being. He is unborn, the soul, eternal, the soul, ever-existing and primeval. He is not slain when the body is slain. <laughs> Try to wrap your head around this one. Right? The soul does not take birth, this is like four sentences down, uh, does not take birth there, and the soul does not die. Anything which has birth also has death. And because the soul has no birth, he therefore has no past, present, or future. He's eternal, ever-existing, and primeval. That is, there is no, that's another way to answer the person. Like, you know, well, who came where? No, they are, all the incarnations are eternal. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's no trace in history of his coming into being. It's called, ana, it's called anadi. It means that we, we were created at some point, but it's like time immemorial. Under the impression of the body, we seek the history of birth of the soul. The soul does not at any time become old as the body does. The so-called old man, therefore, feels himself, there's your answer, to be in the same spirit as in his childhood or youth. <laughs> the change of body does not affect the soul. Now, a little further down, the body develops because of the soul's presence, but the soul has neither offshoots nor change. So that's, you really see that when someone passes away. That just the life in it is gone. And what's the difference? You know, the chemicals are still there. Functioning, it's not functioning, the heart's not beating, or whatever. But the Gita says, because the soul is gone. You got something? No, I was just thinking of like, when does life begin? Uh Right? It's like, there's always that whole debate right conception and that and so on and so forth but well it's listen to all of this it's, it's pretty obvious it's conception isn't it i yeah, mean i mean yeah i mean from uh you know uh, devotees aren't you know they're not going around setting fire to planned parenthood places <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean yeah. that's not our gig and and although it's very liberal to be pro-choice um I find it, it's not hard. I don't have a problem talking about abortion because it's really just say it's not, it's not a political statement. 
It's just that our scriptures say that that uh, conception, uh, that birth, life becomes a, is, and you, come on guys, you know that. You see, you just look at look at a uh, what are those a sonogram? You know, <laughs> there's a you know, it's yeah. Um, it's not a liberal conservative thing. It's not uh, even saying anything about abortion. It's just saying life begins at conception. Yeah, yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's not that we don't have total compassion, especially for a woman who's been raped, you know, or 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 you know, taken advantage of, and and uh, you know, can't afford to. And the, the the guy's gone away. I mean, you know, in other words, uh, I think we have total sensitivity to even the reasons people. Some of the reasons people are pro-choice. Some of them can't change the Bhagavatam, it just says that it begins at conception. So I don't like to get into it in a political sense, you know, we should vote for someone who's pro, you know, uh, or whatever, because I think that turns off a lot of people, actually, you know, the way it's presented, mm -hmm. the bedside manner. Mm -hmm. But I just say it's, that's just what scriptures say. Did they have a choice back in, like, Vedic time? Of abortion? Yeah. No, because yeah, no one would, I mean, no one, no it's one just like, you know, murder is not allowed. No one would think of, I mean, the, the worst thing is to kill a child, right? Mm -hmm. That's one, or a baby. That's like the most heinous mm -hmm. of all crimes. So they would just consider it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There are examples of people killing pregnant women in, the, in their demoniac, yeah. But, mm -hmm. And quick question, because I, I think I confused myself. Um, when we say like we're covered, covered by Maya, it's the soul that's covered. Oh, that's a good like... that's a good question. Um, it's the soul. See, the most powerful element is this false ego. So right, we're, the gross body is made of earth, water, fire, air, ether. I don't know. I, I still can't totally wrap my mind around what ether is, but maybe that. Yeah. And then the subtle body is mind, intelligence, and false ego. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this false ego is this amazingly powerful element that makes someone who's totally spiritual think that they're totally material. Mm. Us, <laughs> right? Um, so the soul is covered. That's a really good question. Yes, it's temporary. We are where our consciousness is uh, is overwhelmed by illusion, by ignorance. But ultimately, we are um, freed from that. We're pure lovers of God, and so that's one of the um, you know that's one of the samadarshan, the equal vision that we go out in the world and we see people, and not only humans but animals also. And we think of their relationship with Krishna and that they're covered over now, but really they are pure people. Just their spiritual living <coughs> a material existence, not material living a spiritual existence. Mm. Mm -hmm. So so in illusion we've become we've associated with the mind, the intelligence, and especially the false ego. The mind is um you think that's a problem? We have problems with the mind. The real problem is with the false ego. 
this false conception of who we think we are. And then the mind's job is to just reinforce that constantly. And that accepting and rejecting we were talking about earlier is all based on who we think we are and therefore what we think we like and dislike. And that depends a lot on our conditioning. Right? Just like, you know, how many people, you know what achar is? Oh, yeah. yeah. I had to. Do you like it? Yeah, this pickle, that it, kind it of a reddish, red, well, it's no. usually, it's often red, but sometimes it's green, you know, or even um, spinach, <laughs> for that matter, right? Some people just, you know, but achar is a good example. It's this very strong pickled um, condiment that, that people in India eat. And someone in America is like, you know, look, just look at it. It's, it's oily, and you know, the, you know. Whereas, you know, some of them, oh, fantastic! Got some extra. I'm like, give me a little more achar, you know, um, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we become, we just become conditioned to think I'm this kind of. Per- I like jazz. My my false my one of my false ego things. Is I like jazz, and therefore, when I hear hip hop. You know, or whatever, Because right? we were toasting marshmallows yesterday, and all the people around the bonfire liked their marshmallow toasted a different way. And I got mine. I always burn mine completely because of how I did it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And that we were talking about the conditioning too, because like I would, I like that charry taste of the burnt marshmallow, right. and other people like would not even eat that marshmallow. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's really See, even in marshmallow eating, there's variety. <laughs> But it comes from like what you know, like yeah. back in the. Yes. That's our conditioning. That's our conditioning. How are we doing time-wise? Five minutes. Got five minutes. Let's see. We're not going to finish up to eight thirty because I'm not going to just you know <laughs> crazy rush through them. But we'll go to a few more. Oparta, how can a person who knows that the soul is indestructible, eternal, unborn, and immutable, kill anyone or cause anyone to kill? And like we said already. This is not just condoning unless, you know, violence. Well, I didn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. He's making a philosophical point, one specific point to Arjuna, but not making a general statement that we just go out, you know. And Prabhupada says that in the first, everything has its proper utility, and a man who is situated in complete knowledge knows how and where to apply a thing for its proper utility. Similarly, violence also has its utility, and how to apply violence rests with a person in knowledge. Right? So, like if we see somebody doing something to a child, right, beating a child, we would, we would use some violence necessary to stop that person. And as much as we may be pacifists and all that, you know, we probably, you know, everyone just accepts you have an army. Of course, America spends more money. I mean, that's all. We don't want to get into politics about you know, <laughs> armies, but everyone has some kind of defense. As a person puts on new garments, giving up old ones, the soul similarly accepts new material bodies, giving up the old and useless ones. Interesting analogy. Right? Mm-hmm. So just as we may give up our old ones and go shopping on Black Friday to get new ones, uh, the soul. <laughs> Yes, we go back to Krishna. Then Krishna says, Punar Janma Naiti. Punar means another, Janma means birth, Naiti means no way. No more. Yes. 
Yep, no more of uh, being the hamster on the wheel. Yes, and so can we. But he can get them at any time. Yeah, but does he? Well, I guess he sometimes does. He gets tired. No, we can get off any time also. By Krishna's mercy, we can get off any time. You mean like, say, on like an endless slope, and you have like someone who's skiing on an endless slope? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're probably more like, what's the name? Sisyphus? Is that his name? You know, Sisyphus? You push the rock up the top of the... Yeah, and you think about it, right? Because like, how many you guys are? How many years of school? So you're already in eighth grade, ninth grade, ninth. Okay, so you've been nine years. You have three more years after this, and then maybe university. Yeah, and then and then and then you die. You take another. Then you become a. Then you become an infant again. You got to go to school again. You know, from I know a lot of people who say that their impetus to become a pure devotee is um, they don't want to be a teenager again. <laughs> There's so much suffering. <laughs> the soul can never be cut to pieces by any weapon, because Arjuna had different weapons, right? He had a fire weapon, a water weapon, and a wind weapon. So here it says, not burned by fire, moistened by water, nor withered by the wind. This individual soul is unbreakable and insoluble and can be neither burned nor dried. He is everlasting, present everywhere, it means there's so many souls unchangeable, immutable, and eternally the same. It is said that the soul is indivisible, inconceivable, and immutable. Knowing this, you should not grieve for the body. If, however, then, then Krishna does a little checkmate. Um, <laughs> says, if you, if, if, if you think that the soul is always born and dies forever, you still have no reason to lament. And he says in the last paragraph, First sentence, even if Arjuna did not believe in the existence of the soul, as in the Vaibhashtika philosophy, there would still have been no cause for lamentation. No one laments the loss of a certain bulk of chemicals and stops discharging their prescribed duties. Mm. I mean, if the body's just chemicals, who cares? Alive, dead, it's just chemicals. But that's what people think about animals, right? It doesn't matter if they kill them. Well, yeah, or they think that the Bible says that God has given us dominion. Mm. And, and usually my retort to that is, well, you also have dominion over your children. Mm. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, but even the Bible, I mean, you didn't get dominion over animals until after the fall. Like, well, you see, there, living you in paradise, Adam and Eve, is, yeah. they're vegetarian. Right, well, there you go. Good point. Mm. So dominion, does that necessarily mean... Uh, it, you know, a, a blank check to kill. Mm-hmm. You could say it means to protect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is that verse, and we'll end on this one. One who has taken his, we heard this before, I, I, I quoted it. One who has taken his birth is sure to die. Was that true? Right? Mm-hmm. And after death, one is sure to take birth again. That some people may question, but we don't. Therefore, in the unavoidable discharge of your duty, you should not lament. Do they say anything about, like, and that's why babies cry? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Out of the womb, they're like, oh, not this again. Yeah. <laughs> you mean when they're born? <laughs> well, that's what I was the, thinking the other day reading this. The, shot, the, the Bhagavatam does talk about, uh, I don't know if it's all, but a lot of um, 
it talks about the child in the womb praying to God, like, okay, this is really suffering. I'm stuck in this smelly place, in this, you know, in this awful thing, and my mother just ate a chili, you know, <laughs> and all that, right? Uh, Krishna, I pray, I, pro I promise, when I get out of here, I'll, I'll really, you know, God, I'll definitely be a devotee. I don't want this to happen again. And then we get out, and the false seagull, because everyone's gitchy gitchy goo, and you're so cute, and and he, you know, this is your grandmother, this is your grandfather, this is your mother, this is your father. All these designations come on, yeah. you you know, and you're back like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like that. Um, but here, here it says here, the cycle of birth and death does not. You see, you have to. Sometimes you know, Shri Prabhupada will say one thing in one place, but you have to contextualize it because here he says, second sentence, third sentence. This cycle of birth and death does not, however, support unnecessary murder, slaughter, and war. Okay, so we did short of ten verses. So the homework assignment would be to end the chapter, read the, uh, end of the chapter. What? It's a lot. Yeah. I got lost. You got, got lost? lost? Yeah. We're in Potomac? No, I mean like in the book. Oh, in the book. Like, Next time, so you sit one, sit closer to uh, Heather, and she'll point <laughs> out to the diverse one. <laughs> is your page so it's these. This next week, I always find to be interesting, because okay, so everyone had their Thanksgiving thing, and, you know, but it's not really that close to Christmas yet, mm. you know. Um, so it's like the next two weeks are kind of like a liminal space, you know. And then everyone gets all geared up, you know. Yeah. I thought it was December, then like see all the lights out. There's some nice lights displays in some places, yeah. It's funny, we were listening on the radio in the car today, and they said that they were giving tips for not feeling stressed at the holidays. And the first tip they gave was decrease your expectations. <laughs> yes. And it, I was thinking of that when you were saying like the ups and downs because that I have my family like we have a tendency of that and Janardin is always reminding me like just relax. It's a holiday. That's why you're upset. Because like it seems like when Easter comes I'm always like crying and I'm like why am I upset? And he's like it's because it's a holiday. You have this weird thing. Yeah. But it's like yeah like my mother always wanted like the holiday to be so nice and it would yeah. never live up to the expectation. Right. You know? Yeah. That's the nature of the mind. They say expectations pave the road to disappointment. Yeah, that's true. That is true. There's a hype. Yeah, don't worry. Life goes by so fast. Yeah, yeah. They get from someone that was born like December 25th. You were born December 25th? Wow. I'm like, guess what? I'm never around. Yeah, like one day. That's pretty cool. Well, now we know your birthday. Now you know my birthday. So, um, same, uh, what did they say? Same bad time, same bad channel? Yeah. <laughs> I will call next week. <laughs>